Uh, when I joined the Episcopal Church, hymns were not my jam. Uh, sorry, Debbie. <laughs> I had started attending uh, a spoken early morning service where there was no music at all. And before then, as an evangelical, I was a part of churches where the music was contemporary. So my knowledge of church music was basically uh, three stanzas and a repetitive hook that could be repeated ad nauseum. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, emphasis on the nauseum. Uh, seriously, if uh, the worship leader didn't see enough like emotions uh, from the crowd, the band would just keep crescendoing uh, the same earworm riff about how awesome God was until they got some tears or hand raising out of you. Um, even so, hymns were not my jam. They were difficult. Out of my vocal range, I thought. Uh, I wasn't a confident singer. The words and tunes were complicated, unlike the G, C, E minor, D chord progression of every single popular worship song I played in. But I at least didn't feel emotionally manipulated every time a hymn started in, so um, I dutifully opened the hymnal at first and tried to follow. What I started to notice there were the words. There was poetry, first of all. John Donne was there, and George Herbert, and William Blake. There was theology, too. Aquinas, and Ambrose, and John of Damascus. And then scripture, as well, all over the place. And every once in a while, I'd find a song that would interpret a Bible story for me in the most haunting way. And one of my favorites is about our gospel from Matthew, the call to some fishermen to become disciples. Uh, it's number 661 in our hymnal. And I'll read you how it goes. Casting their nets in Galilee just off the hills of brown, such happy, simple fisher folk before the Lord came down. The first verse is sweet, lilting, simple as the fisher folk it's describing. The scene comes to life, the brown, arid hills of Judea, a group of bronzed, bearded men hauling in their nets by the morning lights. It's almost saccharine, precious moments. But the mood starts to turn in verse 2. Contented, peaceful fishermen, before they ever knew the peace of God that filled their hearts brimful and broke them too. The poet goes on. Young John, who trimmed the flapping sail, homeless in Patmos, died. Peter, who hauled the teeming net, head down, was crucified. Our precious moments images of this story and him fully behind us now our hearts get ready for the final stanza. The peace of God, it is no peace, but strife sowed in the sod. Yet brothers pray for but one thing, the marvelous peace of God. The peace of God, he says, it is no peace, but strife sowed in the, closed in the sod. Sounds like burial or an unearthing of a darker self. 
A peace that fills the heart brim full but also breaks it? Not our standard definition of peace. It's our happy, simple fisher folk from our gospel that leads to this rumination on the peace of God for our hymn writer. I don't know how you hear this familiar story, but I instinctually read it through a lens of heroism, a, a group of normal folks who heard the call of Jesus and immediately left their occupations to follow him. Jesus riffs uh, on their former lives and says, from now on, they'll be fishing for people. It's almost immediately that we, hearing this, translate this call into the values of human economy. I'll make you fishers of men, Jesus says, and our minds and biblical commentaries fill with ideas about quantity and influence, acquisition and persuasiveness. A successful fisher of people would have followers and fan clubs, a presence that could draw crowds in with the net of his charisma. The good news would be a shining beacon of mass appeal set in a simple message with a predictable chord progression. But our hymn disturbs the simple message with more than just a six, eight meter. The rest of the disciples' stories are about their brimful hearts being broken. One dies exiled and homeless, another executed by the state. But even before their deaths, they misunderstand the nature of who Christ is over and over, the nature of the peace that he brings. I guess what I'm saying is that the call these disciples answered today and then died for is as a message they'd spend their lives trying to understand. The truth of our, that our hymn is touching on is that it's a painful process, a vulnerable one, that opens you up to the very real harm that love can bring. What Jesus does over and over is to go to the places of pain in our world, the places of pain in us, and takes it on. When the fishermen let go of their nets, they were physically initiating for the first time a spiritual practice they'd repeat their whole lives, a letting go of self-preservation to open themselves to the world in the way that Christ had. Peace of God, it is no peace, not one that we know instinctually anyway. It's a difficult line in a difficult hymn, but it does fit what we ask for in God's blessing every week here, a peace that surpasses all understanding. We're asking for what we do not know, to be who we are not yet. May we pray for nothing less.